Okay, let's bow our heads and one word of prayer. And I, I think we're going to have to be a little bit uh, efficient with time because we do have baptisms, I think, at five o'clock today. All right, dear God, we love you. Thank you for this wonderful day. I want to thank you, Lord, for letting us be here. And we, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to talk to world changers for your cause. And we thank you, Lord, that you have created us, called us, and gifted us, and loved us to be world changers, to make your name famous, to make who Jesus is more expansive in this world. And I pray, God, that as we look at uh, the needs of communities and we look about how to be a dealer of hope in communities, what that really looks like. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Uh, my name is Benjamin Lundquist, and I'm the uh, full-time Young Adult Director for the Arizona Conference, uh, which is a really neat opportunity. I think at this time, I'm the only full-time Young Adult Director in the North American Division, and so we're hoping there's going to be a lot more Young Adult Directors. Anybody of Young Adult age, 18 to 30-ish, a few people. So we love young adults a lot. That's uh, kind of where I do a lot of my ministry. And so I function out of Phoenix, Arizona with the Arizona Conference. And I'm also one of the coordinators for the North American Division for Young Adult Ministry and also the Pacific Union. And so I've got a real focused uh, ministry responsibility area. It's pretty much uh, exclusively with young adults post high school to early 30s. And I love working with young adults. This is my wife, Kim, in the kind of blue shirt and she's a nurse in Phoenix. My little boy, his name is Koa. He's about four years old and he's got a lot of energy. And my little daughter named Remy, who's about two and a half and she's got almost more energy than Koa does. And so they are really, uh, they're going all over the place. I got to talk to them today at lunch, which was definitely kind of fun. Okay. Um, what we're going to talk about today is we're doing a, a series on how to become a world changer. And the first thing we talked about in the first session was that, that the foundation of all ministry must be your identity in Christ. And that we as a people need to know who we are in Christ apart from doing the work of Christ. Amen. That if you took all ministry away from what you've done this summer, uh, what you're going to do in the fall, would you still know who you are in Jesus? Would you still confidently know who you are as a son or daughter of God? And we talked about um, when Jesus was, Jesus was baptized, that the words from the Father came down to him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And just a few verses later in chapter four of Matthew, the devil came in a moment of weakness and he tempted Jesus by asking him this question, if you are the son of God, know in ministry and in life, your identity will be targeted in it is guaranteed. And the, the, the foundation of world changing ministry and effort is that you and I know who we are in Christ. Amen. We finished off that session talking about the reality out of first Peter chapter two, nine and 10, um, that we are completely accepted, extremely valuable, extremely valuable, and that we are eternally loved and totally forgiven. And that is the identity that we have in Jesus. And then we talked about our second session just a few moments ago was the idea that, that we are created for ministry and ministry as I defined it is going to work with dad. Amen. We go to work with dad and he gives us tools and he calls us. So we are um, created for ministry to change the world for the cause of Christ. We are called to that ministry. We are gifted to that ministry. And the motivation for that ministry is the love of Jesus in what he has done for us. The reason that I like to work for Jesus is because in my life, he has brought me back from the dead. Can we say amen? And Jesus is in the business of calling the dead back to life. 
Amen. And I would like to throw out to you that any life apart from Jesus is a dead life. And I've been there. And I know what that's like. And so it's that motivation that calls me to do ministry is that that love did that for me. And I want that love to be able to do that for somebody else. So what we're talking about is this. Um, Matthew 25, I think, is an amazing uh, model for ministry when it comes to service, leadership, and influence. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to the book of Matthew and let's check out Matthew chapter 25. When you've got that, go ahead and say amen so we know you've got it. And this is uh, Matthew chapter 25, and it kind of, Jesus kind of paints a scenario of what it's going to be like towards the close of this world. And it really is an explanation of those people who get the love of Jesus and those that don't. And so I want to just read to you the description of those people that really understand and get the love of Jesus and are living that out in their life. And here's what it says in Matthew chapter 25, uh, verse. 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And here's what it says practically in verse 35. For I was hungry and you, I was hungry and you gave me, help me out food. And I was thirsty and you gave me drink and I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me and I was in prison and you came to me. And here is, I think, one of the most important, crucial responses by this group. And, it's, and it came to me. And then in verse 37, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? Why is that such a crucial response? What do you think? Why is that response so crucial? It's what's up? Natural outflow. It's based on grace. Here was a people who did the work of Jesus and didn't even know they were doing the work of Jesus because Living for Jesus was just the way they lived their life. Can you say amen? amen? May we never stop call portering ministry. May we never stop mission projects. May we never stop being pastors and teachers and chaplains and parents and influencers. May we never turn off Jesus, but may we live a life for the honor and glory of Jesus because that is just the way we live our life. Amen? Amen. I was going to say something kind of cheesy. Once a call porter, always a call porter. Is that kind of cheesy? I don't know if it's cheesy or not. If you're going to work for Jesus for the last two months or, or in, in call porter ministry or summer camp ministry, do you ever stop ministering for the cause of Christ? Whatever context that may take you in post this summer, we don't turn off Jesus. And that's what happened here. And, and I would love to be in the place of my life when somebody said, hey, when did you preach that sermon? And my response was, what sermon? I know all my sermons now, which means I got a long way to go. But what sermon? Because that was just the way that we lived our life. 
Amen. So going off of this, this model, I want to share a couple things with you quickly. And I'm going to try to show a video if there's time about a project we did for a mobile home community that was really about recognizing the needs in a community and serving an entire mobile home community of 35 homes and what that ended up doing for the cause of Christ in that community. Because we're talking about being world changers. So. A couple things this, um, you are never more like Jesus than when you serve. Can you say amen? The greatest influencers are those that serve other people. Let me give you a great example. I've got a good friend. His name is Jim. Jim uh, retired at 39 years of age. How many of you would like to retire financially at age 39? maybe a few people. Uh, he retired at age 39 and he was the youngest vice president at 39 years of age of a company that grossed in over $1 billion a year. He was 39. So the question would be, Jim, how did you uh, come to the place where you could retire at age 39? And here's what he shared with me. He said, uh, here's how it would work. I became the youngest vice president because I was an engineer. I made microchips uh, in Silicon Valley somewhere. And I was really good at what I, what I did. And so I became the vice president of this company. Now I had two choices. As a vice president of this billion dollar grossing company, I could sit in my office on the corner with the huge glass windows and the big overstuffed leather chair and the massive desk and the clocks on the walls. And I could stay in that office and I could tell people what to do. I could give my assistant notes to hand out, instructions for my team. But he said, I was almost never in the office. Why? Because he was out on the floor with his 30 engineers trying to make their job better. And here's how this would work. He would go up to a gentleman and he would say, hey, want to thank you so much for what you're doing. Great leaders affirm people. Amen. He would affirm them and he would ask him. He said, you know what? I want to thank you for what you're doing. Is there anything I could do to make your life and job easier? And this gentleman would say, I'm doing so much CAD software with designing microchips. If I could have another computer screen, that would help me out. The next day, the engineer would come to his desk and he would have three brand new state of the art computer screens at his desk. He would go to a lady and say, what can I do to help you as your engineering? She would say, a year ago, I was in a car accident and my back is really hurting. It'd be cool if I could have another chair. In the morning, a chair would be there. When he served, people did their jobs better and the company made over a billion dollars a year. The most influential leaders are servant leaders that go to people around them and say, what can I do to make your life and your job for Jesus or anything else better? Amen. So first thing is this, you are never more like Jesus when you serve, whether you're feeding somebody, clothing somebody, visiting somebody, giving them water. When we serve, we are like the master Jesus, who was the greatest leader of history, and he was a servant leader, even to the point of death. Amen? So the dead could be brought back to life, of which I am one of those. Amen. So he said, you're never more like just the one you serve. Second thing is this, serving begins with watching and listening. Can we say amen? I can't tell you 
how many people I know go into communities and assume they know what that community needs, but they never take time to listen to the heartbeat and the voice of that community. You know what I'm talking about? And they never take time to watch and listen. If we are going to be about serving and making a difference in a community, for example, we owe it to the community to be quiet and let the community talk. Amen. We flew to Honduras on a pre-mission project with a church I was at in Phoenix, Arizona about two years ago. And we were going to remodel a school and we met with these, the most beautiful people there in Honduras talking about this project. Oh, we're going to remodel this. We're going to do new tiles, new bathrooms. Uh, We're going to expand this and that. And there just wasn't the joy that we thought there was going to be in that conversation. And we kind of walked away puzzled and we sat in a hotel room thinking, what's going on? Here we are about to spend quarter of a million dollars to bring a team of a hundred to do this project. And we're just, something's not making sense. Here was what wasn't making sense. They didn't need a remodeled school. They needed a new school because they didn't have enough classroom space to be able to accommodate all those kids. So we went back and we decided that if we're gonna serve with maximum effectiveness, we need to be quiet and listen. And we heard the voices saying, we have a hundred little kids that we can't get into school because we don't have the space. And so all of a sudden through listening, we understood what the needs really were. And within a day, we were in a room with landowners signing a check for $50,000 for the honor and the glory of Jesus to build a brand new school in a, in a, in a community of Honduras called Olenchito because we said, you know what, if we're going to make a maximum impact, we've got to be quiet and we've got to listen. Amen. So be committed to serving, be committed to listening. Serving is a life, lifestyle. It's not a project. We're talking about being a world changer. You don't, we don't serve, we don't turn serving off. Amen? Jesus didn't turn serving off. Serving was what he did with his life. Amen? I'm not there yet, but I want to be there. And I pray every day that Jesus can give me a heart that is more in tune with the needs of my community and a heart that wants to serve. How many of you want a greater serving heart? I mean, I'm, I'm a, if I'm honest with you, I'm a very selfish person. Maybe I'm the only one in this room. I think a lot about myself. I battle, you know, the content of what I think about. I want to be a more loving, serving person. And I don't want it to be a project or a youth rush. I want it to be the way I live my life. Amen. Uh, fourth thing is this. Serving is relational. We work with a project on a Native Native American reservation um, called Holbrook. Anybody heard of Holbrook in Arizona? And we ran a project where I would bring up about 30 uh, middle school students and we would team up with about 15 middle school students at the Holbrook Indian School. And we would do a community project together, like a makeover project. And I asked one of the gentlemen, I said, is it, is it unique that we come to Holbrook to this Indian school? And he said, well, yes and no. He said, it's not unique because this year alone, you are mission group number 13 that has come to this school. So I kind of thought, we're not really that unique, you know? But here's what he said, you do what nobody else is doing. And I thought, I'm really interested in what he's talking about. He said, what you do is you make our Native American students part of the project. The greatest serving is when it's relational serving. 
You know what I'm talking about? Doing good for a community and for others while building relationships with the serving community that you guys are working with. So when it comes to making a difference, we got to serve. We've got to listen. We've got to watch what's happening in the community. We've got to be willing to live a lifestyle of service. That means even after the mission project is done, we still have that attitude that only comes from Christ where we can serve. Fourth thing is this, serving is relational. Maximize the amount of relational connections that you can develop while you're serving. Amen. If you go in a community, giving somebody a, a basket of food is important. Sitting down with them and eating that basket of food is twice as impactful. You know what I'm talking about? It's relational ministry. And next thing is this, serving is not about what is comfortable, it's about what is needed. Sometimes we, we always lean in the directions of what ministry is the easiest for us to do because we have the most experience in that ministry area. But let me, let me share this with you, and I think you would agree. What is important are the needs of that community. And so we sometimes need to choose a ministry journey that may be uncomfortable and unfamiliar because the priorities of the community are greater with their needs than what is most comfortable, comfortable for us in our ministry. <coughs> Amen? Which means this, take advantage of every ministry opportunity you can to learn and grow and stretch yourself for the honor and the glory of Jesus. Try it all out. Diversify that, that, that skill set that you've got. A couple things I want to share that we're going to watch this video real quick. Um, a guy named Bill Hybels that works at a church called Willow Creek out of Chicago, big mega church. He shared that, the, that vision is the most powerful tool in a leader's arsenal. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that tomorrow can be better than today? Do you really believe that? That by the way we live our life, we can create a better tomorrow. Leaders who make a difference are ones who deal hope. If somebody says, are you a dealer? You say, yes, I am. What do you deal? I deal the hope of Jesus to people. That with Jesus, your life can be better. With Jesus, tomorrow can be better than today. Next month can be better than this month with Jesus. Amen? To be a world changer, you got to know the needs of your community. And you got to be committed to meeting the real needs. Make it relational. Make sure you're serving. Make sure it's a lifestyle. And make sure you are a leader who is dealing hope to people. Amen? What does that mean? Be optimistic about what Jesus has done in your life, what he can do in a community, and what he can do in the life of somebody else. Somebody shared this, and I've tweeted it. You guys know what it means to tweet? Twitter. I've tweeted this a few times, and, and here was the quote, if somebody has breath in their lungs, they are not a lost cause. There is hope to be dealt to communities and families and people that comes from Jesus. Are you willing to be a dealer of hope? Amen. 
And so as you lead and you serve and you watch and you listen and you connect relationally and you look at the needs, remember, as a world changer, you've got to deal hope in Jesus to people. You've got to let them know that no matter what kind of dire circumstance they, be, they are in, life is better with Jesus. Amen? Jesus never promised life was going to be easier, but he did promise you would never from this point forward do life alone, and that's a better life. Amen? And so be a dealer of hope. Leaders are dealers uh, of hope just like Christ. A couple things. Hopeful leaders are optimistic about the future. If you want to change the world, you've got to believe it's possible to change the world with Jesus. If you want to see that happen. Next thing is this. Uh, being being a, a leader with, with an optimistic vision. Focus on the best in people. Whenever I start any kind of a meeting board meeting, leader meeting, I always start with something positive that Jesus is doing or has done recently. Amen? Get people's minds wrapped around the idea that Jesus is doing something. Hope comes in Jesus. And start off your efforts as leaders by dealing out that hope to people. Um, hopeful leaders are consumed with making tomorrow better. If you want to be a world changer, it's got to be something that wakes you up at night and, and you just wrestle with this idea that I have got to make this better. I've got to make this community better. I've got to make this school better. I've got to help make this family a more connected uh, family. I've got to make things better. Question is this for you. Um, do you think in your life, do you want things to be better tomorrow? Are you consumed with the idea that I will stop at nothing to deal the hope of Jesus to make tomorrow better? Amen. If you got breath in your lungs right now, you can be a dealer of hope in your community. Amen. And in your circles of influence. Um, leaders that, that, that have visions of hope, they're, they're inclusive. They're not exclusive. They're really about bringing together uh, leaders to collaborate. That's why it's great to be able to come here to, to iShare and these, these kind of conferences, because you get to rub shoulders with other dealers of hope. Amen. I saw somebody praying out in the hallway and I walked by and whispered, dealer of hope. That's what they're doing. They're sharing hope in the hallways and you are with people that want to share hope. Last thing is this. If you are going to be, if you are going to be a world changer for the cause of Christ, we have to be bought into the cause of Christ. Amen. Have you been in front of a leader where you thought to yourself, they don't believe what they're saying. They're saying something, but are they really bought into what they're saying? If you believe that tomorrow can be better than today, do you believe it? Are you going to live it? Are you going to lead it? And are you going to deal that hope? Because if tomorrow can't be better, then what are we doing? I believe with Jesus tomorrow can be better. And I believe with Jesus, the leaders in this room are going to be world changers for the cause of Christ. Amen. We can do this in Jesus, through Jesus and with Jesus. Amen. Okay. Last thing is this, uh, a challenge to, to step up. And then the challenge I want to share with you is this, um, when you are bogged down, with, with trying to make a difference, go back and remember who you are in Christ. Amen. Always go back as leaders and world changers, those that want to make tomorrow better. Always go back daily. You have got to know, we have got to know who we are in Jesus. Amen. 
Let that identity be the foundation for everything you do as a leader and world changer, that I know who I am and I am ministering out of that identity. In Matthew chapter four, uh, verses, I think it's 15, 16, somewhere in there, it said that Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness, identity was threatened, and it said he went into his public ministry knowing who he was, and it says that light came into the darkness. Amen? With Jesus, can tomorrow be brighter? Amen? Do you really believe that? So make sure you're solid with your identity. Don't be afraid to get outside your comfort zone as a leader. Just because it's comfortable doesn't mean it's what a community needs. We've got to be, be willing to commit to meeting the needs of that community, which means don't be afraid to get out of your ministry comfort zone. Number three is this, relentlessly pursue what ought to be in hopeful anticipation of what will come. If you're going to be a world changer, stop at nothing for the cause of Christ to make tomorrow better. Amen? And this is scriptural. When I open my Bible and I go to Revelation chapter 21, 1 to 4, anybody been there a few times? And it says this, that there is a day coming with no cancer, no AIDS, no rape, no molestation, no divorce, no families that split apart, no tears, no crying, no anything. That tells me that Jesus is letting me know a better day is coming. Amen. So with Jesus, that better day starts today and that tomorrow can be better. Amen. Be a leader that's committed to being a servant leader and committed to being a dealer of hope. You can deal a lot of things. You can deal a lot of negativity. You can deal sarcasm, whatever you want to deal. Be a dealer of hope that's committed that for the cause of Christ, we don't ever turn serving off. Amen? Amen? We're in it. And we're in it because we believe in it, because we're sold out to it. And because like me, my life used to be dead and dark. And my life now is a light, is light and bright because of Jesus. And tomorrow for somebody can be a better day than it was today. Let us commit to being world changers for the cause of Christ. Amen. You got time? You got time for a video or we got a roll? I don't know. What time is it? Okay. Um, so we, uh, for about five years, uh, I've been leading Arizona service ministries, community ministries as part of our, our camp meeting program. And in the course of about the last seven years, the number of people uh, as far as youth and adults that have come to camp meeting has grown by 600%. And that has happened, I think, a lot because of our service projects in the community. Andrew, how you doing? Are you hanging with us for a little bit? He's one of my uh, young adults from Arizona. And so God placed on my heart a couple years ago, I've seen the Extreme Home Makeover projects on TV. They do a big move that bus scene and you know, I watch it, my wife watches it, we cry. She holds me like a baby, she's incredibly strong. And, um, but I, I thought to myself, what if you could make over an entire community in a week? What if you could go into a mobile home community where nobody said hi to each other? where nobody got off their porches. And what if for the honor and the glory of Jesus, we could bring an army of young people into a community and transform a community through service and being dealers of hope. 
so again, the, the, just the main points being, uh, you're never more like Jesus than when you serve, and the most impactful leaders are servant leaders. Amen? And serving means we don't ever turn it off. It becomes a lifestyle. When we go into communities, we look and we listen and we be quiet to allow the Holy Spirit to connect us with what the, le- the needs are within that community. And then remember that as world-changing leaders, we are dealers of hope. Amen? Be a dealer of hope. We can, people deal a lot of things in this world that are junk. The hope in Jesus is the most powerful thing that we can deal, period. Amen? How many of you want to say, I'd like to be a dealer of hope? A dealer of hope who changes the world because we believe that tomorrow with Jesus can be better than today. Amen? And I think we're going to go watch in a few minutes, maybe right now, uh, some people that are, are going from being dead to becoming alive in Christ in baptism. This has just been such a, an amazing two days here at iShare. I want to thank you so much for coming and hanging out, uh, some of you for all three sessions. But thank you for giving me the chance to just share a little bit about what we've learned along the way. Uh, being sold out to Jesus and being somebody who knows firsthand what it's like to go from death to life and darkness to light in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you so much for letting us be here. I want to thank you, Lord, for these world changers. We, I, I believe in them. I believe that, that as we deal hope, the hope that only comes in Jesus, and as we choose to be servant leaders who are in tune with the needs of our community, I believe that through the people in this room that tomorrow can be better than today for the honor and the glory of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the summer that many of these students have had in very impactful, engaging ministry. Lead them, Lord, to whatever it is in the fall, Lord, that you've got planned for them. And I pray, Lord, that they will have an expansive influence for your cause. Thank you, Lord, that our identity in you can be rock solid. And it's that identity in Christ that can allow us to change the world with and for Christ. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for coming this afternoon. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.